Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In such challenging times, it's critical to think about how you and your business survive, but also to make sure that you support others especially as we head into the holiday season. After so many crises, and now inflation and the prospect of recession, there are more people and organizations in need than ever. And that's where the power of giving by companies of all sizes and individuals that supports the work of nonprofits is so vital. So what's the most effective way to give? How can you make sure your donation works as hard as it can to create the impact you want? And how can you make sure technology is used as wisely as possible to make that happen? It's these questions and more that have inspired James Citron, CEO of the Giving Platform Pledge, to bring fresh innovation to the space and to make sure your donation goes as far as it can and inspires the entire industry to help as many people and causes as possible. So let's dive into the latest thinking and practices around giving, because the more we support each other, the better each day and tomorrow will be for everyone. From We First and Goal 17 Media, welcome to Lead with We. I'm Simon Mannering, and each week I talk with purposeful business and thought leaders about the revolutionary mindsets and methods you can use to build your bottom line and a better future for all of us. Today I'm joined by James Citron, CEO of Pledge, the world's first software platform to empower brands to integrate impact into their very core to create better businesses and achieve sustainable social impact. And we'll talk about how to leverage technology most effectively to ensure that every donation dollar does the greatest good. And how we as companies, nonprofits and donors can combine our efforts to provide the much needed support through these very turbulent times. So James, welcome to Lead With We. Thank you so much for having me, Simon. Now, James, you and I have known each other for a while. I think it's probably 10 years now on and off, and we both sort of started out in the impact space. I mean, how does someone like yourself, who is marrying technology and impact, how does that come together? Because you might have gone off to Silicon Valley and looked for that hockey stick and that exit, and like so many others have done, why did you come to the impact space and why through the sort of lens of technology? Well, two things happened to me, and I know a a lot of your listeners have probably gone through the same life transition. So I'll tell you what happened to me. Two crazy things happened. First, when I became a father, it just made me really think, what is my legacy? And I'm a, I like to call myself a recovering for-profit entrepreneur because for about 15 years, I was building tech companies and built some to pretty big scale. And when I took paternity and I started thinking about what is really your legacy? When you start having a family, you think differently. And that's what initially started me thinking like, maybe tech isn't the only thing for me. But then that's, something else happened to me. At the time I was running a big text messaging company and we're sending out billions and billions of text messages. And I got an email from a nonprofit that said, hey, I need to find the best text messaging platform in the world because I think text messaging can save lives. And this, this little nonprofit called Crisis Text Line 
realized that young kids were texting 911 from their cell phones when they were in crisis. And Simon, do you know what happens when you text 911 from your cell phone? I have no idea. Nothing. So these young kids, literally thinking about cutting, needing help, were texting 911 and there was no response. So this nonprofit called Crisis Text Line said, I need to solve this because young people, that's their first language is they pick up their phone. The first thing they start doing is texting. They don't actually call anybody. So she started this nonprofit, used my software. And at the time, like I mentioned, we were sending all these billions of messages, but I saw this little nonprofit use technology and start at one and then 10 and then 50 and then 100 text messages a month and then thousands. And I realized it wasn't the reason we started this text messaging company, but a byproduct of building a great technology company actually had giant impact. So for me at that point, I said, Whatever I go build next, I'm going to marry my love for building technology with a company that's entirely built on impact. Despite how long we've known each other, I had no idea about that. And what's interesting is Crisis Text Line has been so instrumental during COVID and all the issues in and around mental health and young women. And there's so many brands and, and young men who are sort of have a higher than one would expect, you know, instance of suicide and so on. So that's, that's amazing. And so... When you came to sort of this, this point in your life, what was the sort of giving nonprofit sort of do-good space like from a technology point of view? Was it pretty rudimentary? It was incredibly rudimentary. I mean, I think, unfortunately, this sector, which is a gigantic sector, and, you know, I, I like to call almost the heart of, of the world and, and the U.S. economy, right? 2% of GDP is actually tied into the nonprofit and philanthropy world. But the technology looked like something out of the 1990s. You know, it was going back to the early days of Windows, you know, that to actually donate, oftentimes you go to a website and there's 57 forms to fill out. It's not two clicks with your, with your thumb using Apple Pay. Everything was just complicated, complex. And as we know, in today's world, if something isn't easy, you're, you're done, you're abandoning, right? You're in one notification away from abandoning that donation. So we looked at it and we said, God, there's got to be an easier, simpler way to do things. And what year was this? How long ago was this? This is now about seven years ago. You then started the company and originally had a slightly different name to what it has now. So give us that sort of genesis. Yeah. So the, the initial name of the company is called Pledgeling. And we liked the name Pledgeling. We met an incredible investor who uh, he actually renamed Zoom, like the company Zoom, had a different name. And when the founder of Zoom went and met with this investor, his name is Jim Scheinman from, from Maven Ventures. Jim to told Eric... You know, the multi-billionaire founder and CEO of Zoom said, I like, I like your technology. It's incredible, but I think you could have a better name. And he said, I think you should call it Zoom. So Zoom literally rebranded before they went public. And it's the company that 300 million wow. people use a month, right? You're revealing all of these golden nuggets today. I'm liking this. Keep it coming. <laughs> keep it coming. And so to, to start the- I, I meet with mm. Jim and he goes, Pledgeling is great, but Pledge is better. So we decided, oh, okay. okay, you were right that first time. So we're going to change, drop the ling and now we're Pledge. You know what? So if anyone has any naming challenges, call Jim on. No, I totally, totally you. So, okay. So to start the company, you, you started by an investor, right? It was because I always wonder when do good companies, for-profit, non-profit or otherwise, you know, how do they get off the ground? So you actually had this investor to get some traction and how long did you sort of did it take before you realized, oh, you're onto something here? Well, we realized it fairly quickly. Our first big partnership was with the company that everyone probably in your audience has used, Evite. 
And the thing that we realized is there's just this desire for humans to do good, but there's this friction in the entire experience. And so we met with Evite and Evite said, you know what's interesting? The hundreds of millions of people have used Evite. And occasionally we see, or often we see in Evite, people are saying, hey, don't bring gifts to our kids' birthday parties, right? And we, I have young kids. This is like every single birthday party now we go, everyone says, do not bring 20, 25 gifts. So Evite was seeing this desire from, from their users to say, can we add a simple way for people to donate and in lieu of gifts, donate to charity? So we met with them first. And I have to tell you, they said, we see this and can you make it so simple? So we built this integration with them and literally the first day it went live, Simon, this blew my mind that he's now the former CEO, but the CEO at the time, Victor, wanted to announce this is the new Evite and they stand for something and they've integrated purpose into their business. So he was going on stage at a big ad tech conference in Vegas. He said, James, after I give the keynote, would you come spend just 30 seconds to tell people how it's working and does it work and how all this. So I text Paul, our CTO, and I say, Paul, has anyone used this thing? It's been live for a handful of hours. And he goes, you would not believe it. Literally, our first donation just came in and it was an 11-year-old girl's birthday party in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She was doing a bounce house birthday party but she wanted to say, in lieu of gifts, please donate to charity. She picked Smile Train and someone made a $1,000 donation. Wow. So we had $1,000 in a matter of an hour. And then we started hundreds and then thousands of parties adding this capability. So firstly, give us a sense of exactly what Pledge is now, because I don't want to make sure we don't sort of rush past that. But also give us a sense of the scale of impact through other people's donations. What's been generated over the last seven years? Yeah, absolutely. So Pledge, we like to call ourselves the most innovative charitable donation platform out there. And we do a few things. One, we partner with incredible companies like Evite, like Zoom, all these companies that want to do really good, but don't have a technology platform to make it easy for their customers or employees to donate. And so that started on Evite and now as thousands of companies. We also realized during COVID that in lieu of just working with companies, human, the humanity in all of us wants to give and donate. So we opened up the ability for now anyone can create a fundraiser on Pledge. Anyone can add a donate button on their website. So it's open source in a sense you can launch your own drive? Exactly right. How complicated is that? What's that like? What's that look like? It's super simple, actually, you know, and back to frictionless, we've tried to make this experience so easy. In literally 35 seconds, Simon, anyone can go to pledge.to, pledge.2, say, I want to go end hunger. I want to create my pledge page, pledge.2 slash end hunger, pick their charity and launch it and share it via QR code, tech, social, et cetera. And I mean, it happens in minutes. Ariana Grande did something for trans youth about a month ago and raised $3 million with a few Instagram posts. So it's super simple and easy. And so what sort of impact has the platform had over the last seven years, like as an aggregate of everyone's efforts? Yeah. So we've actually fundraised now for over, over 35,000 as we'll hit 40,000 nonprofits have actually received funding through pledge. We'll hit 40,000 by the end of the year. And We've done over 70, $73 million to date, and we'll be close to 100 million, if not over 100 million by the end of the year. 
It's amazing. It's amazing. And it, I mean, it's a credit to you and your team, but also to everybody out there, companies large and small and individuals who are so generous and selfless and actually put their money where their mouth is. Can I actually back up for a second? Because a lot of the time, business is in the business of staying in business, especially with these economic headwinds. And everyone's looking at their bottom line and trying to keep their, their employees and the great resignation and so on. Yet throughout this, there's this constant of giving. And so many folks in the United States and also around the world just make it part of their, I don't know, their lifestyle, how they show up in the world. Give us a sense of how important giving is on an annualized basis here in the United States or around the world and just how many people are giving each year. Because I don't think, I think it's easy you just think that's an exception to the rule or you don't really have a sense of how much is going on. But can you give us some sort of detail? Absolutely. It, the numbers are actually staggering when you look at the generosity of humanity. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a few different data points. So there is almost twice as much money given to U.S. nonprofits than all the money given to Google, Alphabet, Facebook. So the, the total size of the charity industry in the U.S. in terms of donations is almost $500 billion. That's twice the size of the advertising industry. So there is tons of money. And by the way, three quarters of that is given by individuals. It's not from the, the Jeff Bezos and the big foundations. Foundations are about 20% of that $500 billion given to charities. So this really comes from individuals. On a global basis, you're talking about $2 trillion given to, given to charities or equivalent charitable organizations around the world. So really, really big numbers. The most staggering and fascinating stat for me about when you look at how much does someone does a family make and what percentage of their income actually goes to donations is this really interesting statistic so if you look at just let's take the american population and you look at the audience the household income which is just slightly above the poverty line they actually give the highest percentage of their annual household income to charity a bunch of scientists have studied this over the last 30, 40 years. It is because that audience knows what it's like to be in poverty, to not have home, to, to not have homes, not have consistent shelter, access to food, et cetera. And so because they know they've, they've managed to get out of poverty and how hard it is to be there, they give a higher percentage of their, of their income. And oftentimes it can be up to 10% of their household income. Wow. I mean... Everyone should let that sink in for a second. I mean, that is so powerful. It's, it's, it's an expression of human empathy and um, our connection to each other and our capacity to share, despite how little we have, to make a difference in the lives of others. And um, wow, that, you know, we could only ever do with more of that for more people because there are so many in need. Speaking of COVID and speaking of in, folks in need, I know that COVID was a really hard time for everyone and it forced all of us to look at our businesses squarely in the eye and say, how do we need to retool and recalibrate? I mean, you know, you've shifted to pledge. I mean, you've also retooled your platform in some ways during that time. And why was that necessary? Well, it was necessary because we saw that the needs were just so, so stark and, and apparent. There was a headline that came out in April of 2020 that one third of nonprofits may go out of business because they did not know what to do and they couldn't do in-person fundraising. And because we, everyone, everyone had sort of hunkered down and they weren't giving any more and all what, yeah. Well, it was most nonprofits, half of them 
raise most of their money by in-person events, right. you know, by meeting one another. And it was a combination of that. And then COVID, all the funds had to go to schools and hospitals and finding cures and vaccines. Right. And so to think about one third of nonprofits going out of business was just a scary, scary thought for the future of our planet. So what, what we realized was we had to open up the platform. We had to make it easy to donate on Zoom. Zoom actually came in and fell in love with the idea of building a donate button on Zoom, which we launched for them. And they actually made even a strategic investment in the company, which was like out of the blue and really incredible. By the way, and, and to Simon, to your point, it was their, their core value is care. And they realized at Zoom, we're connecting the whole world now, but we want to connect people around our vision of care. So pledge is a great way for us to, by building a donate button, we can actually help the hundreds of millions of people using Zoom actually have really meaningful impact wow. beyond just connectivity. Mm -hmm. So for us, it was about opening up the platform, making philanthropy much more accessible and enabling people to have that inherent desire to help one another, but make it easy. So instead of you launching something for someone on somebody's behalf, anyone could do, as you described earlier on, can just add the button and launch whatever they want. Right. Yeah, exactly right. The other big thing that we realized too is that credit card fees are a big problem in the nonprofit world. I mentioned the $500 billion given to philanthropy. Well, last year, probably $10 billion of the donations that individuals gave to nonprofits actually went to credit cards. And our mission is to power generosity. And we realized, is there a way? Because by the way, donors don't like it. If you give 50 bucks or 500 bucks, Many don't realize that when you give $50 to your favorite school, church, your local, your kid's elementary school, they're not getting $50. Sometimes they're getting $45 or $40 because of all the fees taken out of the donation. Back to the kind of rudimentary old school nature of the industry. And we said, you know what? How do we get away with, how do we, how do we just make sure that when someone gives $50 or someone gives $500, 100% of those funds actually go to the nonprofit. So that's another thing that we've done to retool the platform and try to unlock these billions of dollars of new funding to, to nonprofits. So let me understand this. So when you donate any amount of money through the pledge platform, you know, and, or partners like Zoom and so on, 100% of it goes to that nonprofit. And if so, how does that work then? How do you cover? I mean, every business has got their own costs and operating costs and so on. So how, how does that work? And is there a threshold to that? Is there a, a dollar yeah, yeah. amount? A absolutely. So when we thought about it, we said, how do we build a business model that really aligns our everyone's incentives? It's good for donors, it's good for nonprofits, and it's good for pledge. Well, what we do is now when you make a donation to pledge, you can just leave a little through pledge to any nonprofit. You can leave an optional tip. So it's just like when you go to a local coffee shop and it's, you know, you get your, your favorite mocha and it says, do you want to leave a dollar to the, the barista? You can do the exact same thing through pledge and that's how we fund our business. Um, it's all based on the generosity of donors. And that ensures that when the donor gives, 100% of their funding actually goes to the nonprofit and aligns, aligns us with generous donors. And by the way, we're at 10,000 donations a day and we are seeing the generosity of donors. So we believe that this, this will be sustainable forever. And by the way, it's up to $1,000. So that's the only, the only caveat is Every donation uh, up to, to $1,000. Right. And then what percentage of donations are $1,000 or less? 
98% of donations are $1,000 or less. Right, right. And then so for the donations above $1,000, what happens there? Just the, the standard 3% credit card fee comes out. Got it. I mean, so the 98% of donations coming in now have no fees associated with them and you cover those costs by those additional tips. Why hasn't this happened before? Because I think just as someone who's made donations in lots of different forms at different times, I have to be, admit I'm a bit guilty of not really paying attention to the fees as much as because I was more concerned about, okay, just giving whatever dollar value our family could give. And so why has it taken until now, I guess, is my question. Well, it's a good question. I think there's there's two reasons. One, legacy technology, it's the industry has functioned a certain way for, for many, many years, and it requires new companies, new innovations to come to the market sometimes to go, you know what? That that's just not right. Right. Um, the other thing is we're we're a mission-driven social enterprise. It is more important to us that more money gets raised for nonprofits than in having a higher higher margin. Right. If we achieve right. more impact, that is our North Star. Not do we increase our, our margin. And I want to keep asking these sort of Devil's advocate questions. So how do you vet the nonprofits to make sure that all of them are legit? Because I'm sure there's bad actors out there in some ways sometimes. And then secondly, what sort of transparency do you offer to so people know that the 100% of their value goes where they want it? Yeah, exactly. Well, these are great questions. So we take incredible pride in, in vetting and verifying our, our database of, of nonprofits and charitable organizations, which we think is actually now the biggest in the world. We have 2 million organizations in about 150 countries live in the Pledge platform. So the way we verify them, we use multiple databases to make sure if it's in the U.S., for example, it is an IRS, it has IRS good standing, which means it's not a bad actor, it hasn't lost its standing. And there's a number of different checks that we do on this because you're right, nonprofits actually lose their status like that. You know, it can happen in a minute and this is something we take great pride in. We have a whole trust and safety team that, that is focused on this. And then internationally, we expanded the database so we're in all these different countries to apply a similar level of discipline and rigor because you know what? Companies are starting, individuals are all over the world. Afga in Afghanistan, as a great example, we ended up running what we've, one of the largest fundraisers when the, the, during the fall of Afghanistan. And we heard, all told, it was the largest civilian evacuation probably ever. Over 2,000 people were safely evacuated by funds that were raised on pledge. Well, to do that successfully and disperse money overseas to Afghanistan requires incredible rigor and diligence to make sure the funds actually get there, the plane takes off. And that's just a great example of kind of the rigor and diligence we put into the process. Right. And then on the transparency side, if I'm a donor and I go, great, wow, why wouldn't I want all my money to go where I want it to go. So I'm going to go across the pledge and do that. And I'll launch my own thing. Do you get to see how that money is spent or applied? Yeah, exactly. So today everyone expects to see it in real time. So that's what we built a real time feedback to that donor. So the second you donate, you're actually going to tax rate that shows you your money is going to the nonprofit. This is when it's going to be dispersed. And if, if we actually have data from the nonprofit, we'll even tell you how many trees are going to be planted, how many meals will be provided, how many nights of shelter will be provided by that donation. But there's real transparent feedback directly to that donor and or to the company that's that's enabling those donations as well. 
Was that a, a, a nervous moment where you're like, okay, we're going to absorb all these up to $1,000 and flick the light switch and all the power goes off in your building? <laughs> was that a, What was that moment like? You know, we decided we don't need power half the day. You know, right, right, right. And <laughs> candles still work, right? Candles still work, right? No, you know what, Simon? It just felt like we talked about it as a team. We looked at the data and we said, we, we totally can do this. And is it the right thing to do? And universally, it aligned with our core values. It aligned with our mission to power generosity. And we said, we're going to do this and we know it's going to work. Right, right. And obviously, this sounds like a lot of work, corralling over 2 million nonprofits, managing the, the, the viability of a technology platform in real time with all the challenges. We know what that's like. And then liaising with companies of all sizes and nonprofits and individual donors like What's that trajectory been like? How, how big is the team? You know, like what does the company look like to manage all of this? Well, the team's doubled in size in the last, I guess, about 14 months. So the beginning of COVID, we, we were not sure what was going to happen in this whole industry. All of us were, and not just Pledge. I mean, I think Humani was trying to figure out what was going to happen. Right. But we saw, um, amazingly, one of our biggest customers was struggling. Many, many companies, many fundraisers that we might have run historically were struggling. But in the first few months of COVID, when we were all trying to figure it out, a few things started happening. Very interesting. Tiger Woods, who we had no relationship with. But folks, Tiger Woods ended up doing an online poker tournament and ended up using Pledge and raised $3 million for Mount Sinai in New York to fund their COVID efforts. Then it was bizarrely a ton of celebrities who we didn't have direct relationships with start doing these incredible fundraisers. And what happened to our company in particular was just this huge new demand from individuals and nonprofits to start using the pledge platform. And that really funded a, a ton of our growth over the last you know year and a half. So yeah, actually, it's interesting. You mentioned a few different component parts. So if I'm sitting here and my ambition is to serve an issue like reforestation or women, uh, childhood education or for young women in some part of the world. What is the smartest way? I mean, you must have seen strategically lots of different approaches that people take to generate the greatest amount of funds. And I know, know that there's one silver bullet or one size fits all, but maybe a couple of different ways, like you mentioned celebrities. If you can enlist a celebrity, that commands a lot of attention and engagement because the communities they already have. But what are some of the different ways that people can sort of scale or maximize their impact or the donations they raise? Great question, Simon. Well, I'll share some of the best practices that we've seen. First, a lot of people get excited and then they get nervous. They're like, will I actually do this? Will, will I raise any money? If I throw a party, will anyone turn up? You know, the punch bowl is going to just sit there lonely, you know? You know what? And, and once people do this and they share why, their why, that is 50% of it. So mm. when you create the fundraiser page on Pledge, you can upload a picture. A video literally is worth more than a thousand words upload a YouTube video of, of why you want to fundraise. That is so important. I mean, Simon, you talk about storytelling. The mm. storytelling that's authentic, it doesn't have to be this beautiful polished video. You don't have to have the biggest celebrity in the world, but just telling your why is so important. Sharing on social, that is so critical. So we built all these new functionality and sharing capabilities in the platform. So you can share via QR code. You can put 
a link in your Instagram. You can share everywhere on Discord. All those social sharing capabilities, your audience is everywhere. So that's the, the second thing. And then the third thing that we, we find super helpful is to do, sometimes you might do an in-person event now that we're in a post-COVID world. Oftentimes people are connecting on Zoom or other virtual platforms as well. But think about your fundraise as something that goes multi-channel. So you might do a, a cool party and a lot of nonprofits are doing, doing in-person galas, but they're using hybrid to reach the masses who they connected with over the last few years who can't come to the event. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a lot of talk of hybrid events now, whether it's conferences, whether it's fundraisers and so on, as people start to come back together. What are some sort of pitfalls to avoid? Like if, you know, someone's like, I really put in, I'm being heart-led here, I want it to work, but they might make certain mistakes or, or gaps that you could help them avoid. The number one thing, give donors comfort about exactly where their funds are going. Let them know when you're, giving $500, it's actually to go help build that the community garden that we're building in this local school. And let me take you there. I'll tell you one of the most impactful hybrid events I was a part of um, that used Pledge. It was an incredible, incredible nonprofit that helps literally uplift small farmers out of poverty, primarily in regions of Africa. So they did a traditional gala historically pre-COVID. And when COVID hit, they're like, what, what do we do? Well, I, I remember logging on and watching their gala for the first time virtually. So the executive director, CEO, gets on, starts talking about their mission. And they had donors from around the world listening in and hearing what you might hear if you were in person. The next thing that happened, another Zoom screen popped up. And they took you literally to Mali to see the farmers, to participate in a community village meeting. And so... Everyone who, who logged on, who was sitting in that Zoom room was like, oh my God, I actually am seeing the impact. This is where my money is going. And that's the number one, I think, failure of, of a fundraise ask these days is not to be very explicit of where the impact is. Right. No, that, that totally makes sense. And, and what are you seeing on the the corporate giving side or the business side, I mean, either large companies, these large enterprises or very small entrepreneurs or solopreneurs that are sort of still want to make a difference with what they do. What, what, what sort of behaviors are you seeing there? Well, the re great resignation is real, right? The corporate philanthropy of the beautiful, picturesque impact report with a large gift from the company, if it is really not woven into the fabric of the company, if it's not really and something that's easy for employees to get behind and participate in, whether it's volunteering or donating alongside the company's mission or a way for their customers to engage in that same mission, individual employees and, and customers or brands are more empowered than ever to find a competitor brand. And wow. that's what we're seeing. So the companies that are really leading are going, how do we engage all of our stakeholders to really be a part of things. You know, and, and to that point, I've got another question, which is what's so peculiar about the last couple of years is the multiple crises coexisting at the same time. So whether it's COVID or Ukraine, you know, or Roe versus Wade, you know, all these issues that people care about, how does a company or a business, large or small, that wants to be meaningful to their stakeholders, internal employees and otherwise, how do you decide where to put your efforts at what time? It seems like 
You can almost be paralyzed. There are too many things that need your attention at once. What do you see happening there? I'll give two examples. So we're seeing, I'll give a great big company example, Warner Brothers Discovery, one of the biggest media companies in the world. They do things where, and they, they use Pledge in a number of ways to empower their employees, empower their audiences to, to donate. It's so tied into their values. So on the Food Network, which we all love the Food Network, the Food Network has a partnership with No Kid Hungry. It just makes complete sense, right? Right. So when you're when you watch Food Network, you'll see ads literally for something called Turnup, and that's our initiative to literally end childhood hunger in America. Well, it's really amazing. Guess what? If you love watching the Food Network and you you're enjoying watching that programming, you're inclined to do something around hunger because one out of three kids in America is living in a food insecure environment. Well, that just that initiative alone, Turnup, has has raised enough money to provide a billion meals. And they just, Warner Brothers Discovery just set a new goal of doing 2 billion meals provided wow. to, to kids. So very much tied into their values, right? Another example from another, another brand, a little bit smaller, what they do is they actually go to their teams and they say, do we have employee resource groups or HR groups or a DEI or DEIB committee? And which causes are really resonating with, with our teams? And then how do we make sure that we empower our team to have a voice and when we when we make a pledge, when we stand up? And that's so organic and so authentic that that's also working. We're seeing that as well. Right. So I want to step through each one of the sort of different scenarios. So if you're an individual who has an event like a birthday or something like that, or whatever it might be, they just want to do it out of the goodness of your heart around the holiday season, and you want to launch some sort of donation drive, what do they do? Just yep. walk it through in the basic steps. Yeah. They go to pledge.2. They click start fundraising. They can choose from any of the 2 million nonprofits in our database. It takes less than a minute. They create their fundraiser, upload their, their pictures or video of what they, you know, their why. And then they, with one click, share it out to their, to their social media audience. And they can do the exact same thing that they're doing on pledge.2 now built into Zoom as well. So in Zoom, there's a little apps button at the bottom of the toolbar. Just click on click on that, search for pledge, and you can rebuild that exact same experience. Literally takes a minute, and they can do a fundraiser all on Zoom. So that's that's typically what we're seeing. We've had millions of donors now go through that ex experience in fundraisers. And then when you, I mean, I, that two million nonprofit sounds like a lot. Like, do you sort by impact or cause or region or issue? How do you do? How do you navigate that? So if if you don't know which nonprofit you want to choose, you literally can type in, I, I'm interested in this cause area and we have recommendations based on cause area. We've also reorganized the database around SDGs. So a lot of folks now are, I want to do something around SDG4. They can actually search by SDGs as well. And that's the sustainable development goals, the 17 goals that the United Nations and heads of state articulated in 2015 as to the most pressing crises around the world. And we're well and truly behind on actually achieving those goals by 2030. And there's a huge push. So that's a great, great way of leaning into that as well. And so on the business side, is there any difference to the process or is it the same? Because you might be a very small company with two or three people, or you might have 10,000 people. Well, it's a great question, Simon. What we find a lot of companies doing is they they can run a fundraiser just like an individual will. And, you know, we've had big companies do that all the time. 
but also if they want to do something and they want to really build it into their DNA, they can also use Pledge. And so I'll give you a few examples. We launched the first donation capability on Shopify. And so if you're an e-commerce brand, you literally can go, I want to enable my customers to donate and round up at checkout. Or mm-hmm. I want to launch a whole new line of clothing and donate X percentage of proceeds to charity. So we have an app called Give and Grow that's in the Shopify app store. And that's literally, again, back to frictionless. It can be installed. It's 100% free. It doesn't cost anything for the merchant to, to install. And what's crazy about this partnership with Shopify, over $250 million of products have been purchased now that have had a donation attached to the, to the transaction through Pledge. Wow. So that's amazing. Very simple. It's very simple to, to get started, and, but has huge impact because you're dealing with the millions of people buying products on, through Shopify every day. And then, you know, for nonprofits to go, wow, we'd much rather receive the full whack of donation from somebody rather than to see a lot of it go to fees and so on. What does a nonprofit do? So the nonprofit logs on to Pledge.2. They claim there's a little button for nonprofits where they can just go, I want to add a new donate button to my website. And literally it's grab and grab and go. They copy and paste a few lines of code and it can go live on their website. It's very simple. We also have tech support. So if they need help doing that or CRM integrations, we have a really beautiful, easy way for them to, to integrate all their customer data. So that's, that's the way most nonprofits are using it today. But also we're seeing a lot of nonprofits, again, doing hybrid events, using us on Zoom and creating their own fundraisers as well. It's interesting. I mean, you know, it's very easy for anyone, no matter whether you're an employee or, or an entrepreneur or a CEO, whatever, to get disheartened when you look at the headlines every day. Yet I kind of, you know, I've always known you to be a sort of an optimistic and positive person, but it feels like you're excited about what you see through the Pledge platform. I mean, why are you optimistic? Why are you not sort of throwing up your hands and saying the future's a foregone conclusion? Like, what kind of gets you out of bed in the morning? Every single day we see just this, these incredible, powerful stories, thousands and thousands of, of positive, optimistic stories of humans figuring out what, what cause they, they align with, whether it's donating their birthday party, whether it's rounding up on their e-commerce brand, we're optimistic because we're sitting at ground central looking at the data and just seeing the power of humanity to have real impact. I mean, I was just going through some data this morning, seeing millions of dollars being raised for causes you might, they don't even make the headline news, but it's people really finding something that where they know they can have huge impact. So I would say it's because we get to see, we get to see the generosity of, of humanity. Right. And, and, and I want to say, James, you know, thank you for the inspiration, for the guidance, the support and the friendship over the last few years and, and for constantly challenging yourself and the Pledge platform to level up how people give because that heartfelt instinct in everybody is sort of fundamentally human, but then technology and giving needs to be to honor that and be of service to that as authentically as possible. So I really um, respect and admire the way that you've done that and, and taken to the next level now. So thank you. Thank you so much, Simon. I appreciate those kind words. And, you know, it takes all of us to go achieve the sustainable development goals. It takes all of us coming together to, to build better communities, to help solve some of the biggest challenges in the world. And by the way, 
the good news is they're solvable. We can solve many of these, these issues. And it's often just a question of mobilizing funding, the right technology and getting the hands of nonprofits and, and enabling and empowering them to go achieve their missions. Couldn't agree more. Thank you, James. I can't thank you enough. And everybody, put your heart to work through uh, Pledge and um, let's make a difference to as many lives as possible. So thanks, James. Thank you, Simon. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Lead with We. Our show is produced by Goal 17 Media. And you can always find more information about our guests in the show notes of each episode. Make sure you follow Lead with We on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you really love the show, share it with your friends and colleagues. And if you're looking to go even deeper into the world of purposeful business, check out my new book and Wall Street Journal bestseller, Lead with We, which is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Google Books. See you again soon. And until then, let's all lead with we.